This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at the Bend Classic, one of the few motor racing events still able to be held in Australia at the moment. I hope you'll stay with us. Richard Kral joins us on the line. And Richard, what a weekend it was. Some amazing cars out there for the Bend Classic of 2021. Yeah, hi, Craig. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, very, very fortunate to be able to do what we do here in South Australia with uh, the way that we've managed the, the COVID-19 stuff. And at the moment, we're not in lockdown. We're, we're very, very fortunate. We, we know that. We, we made the most of it on the weekend with the Classic. Tremendous weekend. Weather didn't play ball, but you get that in springtime. But there were still some cool cars, some really interesting people, uh, and a, a really good weekend of motor racing on track. And it just set that event in motion now the last two years. Battling through COVID, it's basically been a South Australian-only thing, but it's still got enough momentum that when the borders open, when we can get some cars and drivers from interstate and even from further abroad into the country and into South Australia, that event is going to take off and it's going to be the Goodwood Festival of the Southern Hemisphere, I think, in terms of some of the stuff it'll bring around. Now, it's a two-day super sprint, which has a mixture of different eras of race car out on the circuit. Yeah, it is. So it's an against-the-clock competition at the moment. I've got no doubt, and and this is just my personal opinion, that long-term there there will be racing there of some description. It's not a Phillip Island historics. It's not a Malala historics. It's it's not necessarily geared at that ultra-historic, authentic-style event like those events are. It's more of a festival, more of a celebration of the cars right through the years. And, and we had stuff from as early as 1919 and up to and including current stuff like S5000s and current GT3 cars. So that's part of the joy of what the Ben Classic is. And, yep, against the clock, so in a super sprint format, then they do a regularity on the Sunday and the, the consistency over a lap time gets you your trophy in your class. But then the 10 fastest cars from each category progress into a top, or 10 fastest cars from the whole event, I should say, progress into a top 10 shootout. And that, I think, is going to become the hallmark of this event. It's going to be the thing that everyone fights to get into. Uh, and this year we had Formula One cars, we had uh, time attack weapons, a GT car, a bunch of sports prototypes, the S5000, all doing one lap, trying to get the fastest lap time, and the winner of that shootout wins the Ben Classic overall. And, and I think that is going to become the centrepiece of the event. And there's more really impressive high-performance machinery rolls into town. The competition in that's only going to get bigger and better, and it'll end up being like, you know, the, the great famous Bathurst Top 10 shootout, which is one of the most captivating hours of, of motorsport you'll watch in a year. And amazingly, as you said, it was a very uh, South Australian-centric year this year. But when you look at the cars that are just sitting around in garages in South Mm. Australia, they're very impressive. Formula Renaults, Formula Ones, Formula Toyotas, LMS Audis, Subaru Imprezas, Lancers, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, well, I mean, take Dan Day, who made made the shootout in his time attack Subaru. I mean, that's one of the fastest Subaru impresses in the country. That That's a car that will go to world time attack at Sydney Motorsport Park in, in time and win its class there. So, and Dan Day is one of the most accomplished drivers in the country and that kind of stuff. But that's the kind of metal you're talking about. And then you know, there, there's almost 10 Formula 1 cars in South Australia alone now. There's, there's more F1 cars here 
than anywhere else, as far as we understand, pretty much in the Southern Hemisphere. So there's a remarkable collection. You had Sam Chikin with his Benetton B198, uh, 1998 car that Jim Callis is a Keller race. Yasser Shahin driving Formula Renault 3.5 V8. That thing's got 1,500 kilos of downforce, 600 horsepower, V8 engine. Probably the fastest racing car in Australia now because it's a 2012 spec car. It was quicker than GP2 at the time and it will it will, will be comfortably faster than the 90s and 80s Formula 1 cars that are in town. So to see that kind of thing there, but I've already had emails from people with indie cars from the 2000s going, oh, man, we'll, we'll come and run and give Yasser a run for his money and classic Formula 1 cars and Formula Holden and GT cars as well. So there's so much potential for cool stuff to run alongside the cool stuff that already is running uh, that can be found in the garages here in, in Adelaide. And when you look at last year's lap record, or a 1 minute 10.08, and Yasser this year just shaving a bit off it, 1 minute 10.54. Uh, yeah. That's uh, showing that the track, still uh, not knowing conditions, of course, but uh, showing the track is really uh, just maintaining its drivability. Yeah, it, it was definitely conditions rated. Um, that, that lap from Josh Keane in the footwork arrows, the FA 15, the 1994 car, Formula 1 car that um, Christian Fittipaldi actually drove on the streets of Adelaide. That, that lap was done in 30-degree ambient temperatures, track temp about 40, so almost too hot, but, but really, really good conditions. Yasser did his fastest time of the weekend on his one-lap shootout, which I thought was really impressive. And Yasser's an AM driver. He, you know, he's not a professional driver. He does it for, for fun, but he's very, very capable. Runs at the front of GT World Challenge in the MPC Audi. Um, his lap was awesome. Did a 10.5, but it was 8 degrees. There was a 45-kilometer-hour wind, headwind blowing down the straight, and the track temperature was 16 degrees. So even with tyre warmers, by the time the thing got to the end of pit lane, the tyres were blowing cold. So... Uh, far from ideal for shootout conditions, but I thought that lap from Yasser was really impressive. And um, that car will do 108s on the West Circuit. Uh, no, no stress, I wouldn't have thought. And um, with all the fullest of respect to Yasser, who I thought drove magnificently, if you put a, a current young superstar of open wheel racing in, you'd probably find another second. So, yeah, it's a proper race car, that, um, and it's going to take some beating in the future. But that's part of the appeal, Craig. People are going to come and try and knock that thing off, and, and that's what we want to see. We want to see a, a competition for those uh, those lap records. Yes, indeed. And if we look at some of the cars now and some of the class winners, Phil Carter in the vintage class, can you tell us a bit about that car and what that class actually is? Well, Vintage was fantastic, and I think the, the oldest car in it was a 1919 Dodge Special, uh, which was supercharged, four-cylinder engine. Remarkable thing. Uh, I've driven tractors that are more civilised, but it was just awesome to see that on track. My favourite car from that class, I think, Craig, was um, a gentleman who had a 1924 Mercedes-Benz Target Florio, which was just beautiful. Big supercharged four-cylinder thing again but the kind of car that would tackle the Targa in Italy back in the day with the riding mechanic hanging off the side, you know, spare tyre on the back held on with um, with leather belts and things like that, you know, the, the engine cover held down with belts as well. 
remarkable brass fuel system with pipes running alongside the outside of the car. Just so, so cool. Um, one of the classes that's uh, gathering strength here is historic sports sedans, and they're like genuine sports sedans of their day. So there's some really cool stuff floating around. In fact, David Wall in Sydney has got the genuine HDT Beast Tirana with the big mid-mount Chevy V8 that Brock and John Harvey and Colin Bond drove, the LX car. So genuine sports sedans that were local back in the day and the beautiful um, Datsun 510 driven by Mark Haig was very, very competitive in that class. Did a really nice job. And I think there's about 15 or 20 of those cars, genuine cars floating around Australia. So that's a, a class I think that could explode at an event like this where they can sort of be the headline, I suppose, uh, in the future. And you had Tim Cook in the classic open wheelers and F1 cars, which had uh, a, a range of different things from Austin 7s and, and Coopers to Indy cars. Yeah, so Tim was running a, a Wolf uh, Tornado sports car that runs in the Australian prototype series. So there were a couple of classes combined from where they would originally be in that regularity competition. So the class results were based on the regularity, but Tim actually made the top 10 shootout overall. So he was doing um, one minute 19. So over the course of the weekend in that car, which I thought was really impressive. And, and actually a mention for John Paul Drake, who um, finished third in the shootout in the Wolf Mistral, which is a brand new car to Australia. JP missed Saturday because he had Father's Day lunch with his old man. So he did the right thing by his family, but rocked up having not practiced and um, put the thing P3, which was, was superb. We should also mention, uh, Craig, I know we're short on time, but Craig Lowndes came down, which was terrific. The Border Games uh, worked for us, so we were able to get the, the Bathurst legend down to the bend. He drove the uh, Bennett, uh, the Delara, I should say, um, 189 car that Andrea de Cesaris raced in the Adelaide Grand Prix in 89. Craig had a terrific weekend. Unfortunately, the car wasn't... It was true to 1980s Formula 1 form, should we say, in that by the end of the weekend, not only had it lost third and fifth gear, but it lost first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth as well. Uh, so at the moment, that car's jammed in gear. They just don't know which one it is because they're all broken. But that's 1980s Formula 1 for you. But Craig did a super job as well. Loved getting back in a, a wings and slicks car and I think would have made the shootout quite comfortably and actually been quite competitive had he uh, had the gearbox not failed. But uh, that's that's old Formula 1 for you. And the planning for the 2022 edition of the Ben Classic is probably already well underway. Yep, and, and it'll be more of the same but bigger. And, you know, this is, as I mentioned, this is two years in a row now where the event has basically been a, a South Australian-only affair. And there's nothing wrong with that, but for it to grow, we really need the borders open. Um, there's so many cool cars floating around Australia that, that would absolutely lap up this event that perhaps can't run anywhere else. Like Matt Radisic in Victoria has got a, a Dallara IR08 IndyCar that Alex Tagliani raced for Conquest Racing on the Gold Coast. So it's got a five-reading Ilmore Chevy V8. Where do you run that at an event? We really can't. But you can at the Ben Classic because it slides right in alongside Formula 1 cars and Renault 3.5 V8. Um, there's NASCAR floating around that I know are keen to run. There's a group of guys with historic Formula Holdens that will come down. Um, Harry Jones up in Queensland, his dad's got the McLaren M8 Can-Am car that they run at the Phillip Island Classic. They'll bring that down. So the, 
we really need borders to play the game. And if by September next year they aren't open, I don't know what I'm going to do. But um, I think by then we'll definitely be all right. And the event will naturally grow on its own just by virtue of finally being able to have some of these incredible cars from interstate and, and who knows, maybe from overseas to, uh, to come and play. Mm. It is going to be fantastic to see how this event works its way into the ethos of Australian motorsport in the future. Richard, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Motorsport and look forward to hearing your voice once again when the season gets running in earnest, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, you and me too, Craig. And uh, I'm looking forward to your take on possible return of street racing to your uh, hometown in the future. Let me say... Do not get give up drinking that fantastic South Australian red wine until it happens. You might never have a drop of yeah. South Australian grapes touch no, your lips again. There's no fear of that, my friend. Thanks for having me, Keith. That's all we have time for on this week's edition of Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.